Welcome to the talk of Sykeston. Always great to have you with us uh, every uh, weekend that we're together and on the podcast as well. And uh, today we're going to talk about, um, honestly, it's kind of a heavy subject um, that we're going to um, talk about today because it's along the lines of social justice. And, you know, typically we talk about things that affect Sykeston, things that are going on, special events, whatever. Um, but sometimes we break away from that to talk about some very serious issues that affect the community um, as a whole and, and, and all of us in some way, shape, or form. And um, today, um, I'm going to talk with a guy. i got to be honest with you, today, today is really the first time that we've like spoken, uh, mm-hmm. you know, but uh, we've kind of gotten to know each other a little bit through social media. We kind of found each other, and um, because of uh, he was a youth pastor at the time, and I'm a pastor, and and uh, we've just kind of you know we're Facebook friends, that sort of thing. And when I decided I wanted to do this for whatever reason, uh, you know, I, I I told him God just laid this on my heart to to call him and talk to him and uh, talk about this. A particular subject. So what is happening in our country right now, amongst all the craziness that's going on with the pandemic, um, in February, we had a young man who was jogging, um, getting his exercise on, and for whatever reason, came into the path of a father and his son and died because they shot him. Uh, originally, we heard it was self-defense. Um, not a lot was really, I guess, talked about. Uh, at least I didn't hear a lot about it until this past week when a video emerged that showed that what the father and son were saying wasn't accurate. And they now have been arrested, but we still have a young man uh, who was a bright spot in the community um, is no longer with us. And it is a familiar story that we've heard many times throughout the years. Uh, a young black person, uh, for whatever reason, ends up dead. And there's no true explanation except to say that it's racism. Here in Sykeston, we've had, just the other day, um, someone who was transgender was found dead, beaten to death. Now, we don't know the circumstances. We don't know anything about what happened, but it's made national headlines. And so I kind of felt like this was a subject that we need to, to talk about. And I've, and I've talked about some of these things over the years on the show, uh, you know, uh, years ago when we were doing it every day. Um, and I just kind of felt like, well, no, we just got to talk about it. So, uh, Marcelli Smith is, uh, who's my guest today. Um, he's a former youth pastor. Uh, he's currently the elder or a elder at uh, kingdom love worship center in Nashville. Um, he is about to go back to school to get his master's and he has studied social justice and he joins me on the show. And, uh, Marcelli, I can't thank you enough for coming on and, uh, and talking with me. It's my pleasure. I'm super excited. Um, this is one of my um, favorite subjects to um, talk about, even though it is a touchy subject for all of us to really to really talk about. Uh, and it grieves a lot of our hearts because um, uh, because of our humanity and um, that we believe that all lives, all lives should really matter um, and that uh, that we should take life seriously. And, and not only that we should take life seriously, but we should value um, each other lives, um, but at at what cost does um, you know Black Lives Matter? You know, and it's uh, 
you know, I don't know. It, 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 I really saw racism, honest to goodness. I did not see racism, or at least I didn't notice it, I guess, until I was an adult. And I was speaking with an older gentleman, probably at that time in his 70s. Uh, I was in my 20s, and he said some things, and I was just floored by mm-hmm. some of the things that he said. And it's not one of those things where I didn't think it existed, but in my world, around me, it didn't. You know, my parents taught me to respect all people, you know, to love all people because of my belief I'm to love all people. So it really took me back to experience that thing, you know, to, or not to experience it, but to, but to see that in front of me. And, and it's really, I think, difficult, Marcelli, for someone who is white to truly understand what it means to be black in America and, and to face some of the things that you guys face on a daily basis. Absolutely. Um, being black, um, I was just saying this today to a friend of mine, being black and being black in America is dangerous into the eyesight of some of our counterparts. Not all. I can't say that for all of my, my white friends and uh, those who are Caucasians, but it's dangerous to be black and to be black in America and some of the eyes of, 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 of white, of white people. And it's sad, it's sad to, it's sad to say that, that we still live in a world full of racism and a world full of hatred. Uh, I'm like you, only thing I ever grew up, I grew up in a predominantly, um, uh, white school, um, since I was a little kid in Trousdale County here in Tennessee, uh, Hartsville, Tennessee. Um, most of my teachers was white. I didn't have my first black teacher until the 11th grade, but that doesn't, but they all treated us with respect. Um, they, so color, um, I didn't know racism, um, like that until I got to a little older till after really I got out of high school. Um, we didn't deal with that in, in, in my high school, in my middle school or in elementary school. But however, as I began to, um, as I began to grow and became, uh, uh, more aware of the racism in America as getting to Nashville, even though Nashville is not far, but just seeing um, how dangerous it is to be black. And it's sad that I have to call myself dangerous, even though I don't see myself as dangerous, but in the eyes of my, of some of my white counterparts, it is dangerous to be black in America. And to be, to wonder that if I walk down the street, and I can have a suit and a tie on, be a, be a, um, uh, a, have a, uh, a doctorate degree or a master's degree or a bachelor's degree even. And to know that if I could walk down the street in a, in my suit and tie to still be racially profiled or, or viewed as a thug or viewed as, um, somebody who's ghetto, um, and be, and my life be taken, um, because, uh, they see me as a threat. Um, I, we always, it, it's always that people view you as a threat because they see something that they don't have or something that they don't possess. Um, and, and, and in America, we have set on the truth too long, um, uh, about racism in America, uh, about the hatred that lies in the DNA in the soul of America. And this is not just now, this has been for years since, since the, the, the start of America from when, um, Christopher Columbus sailed the ocean blue and uh, came over. It's, it's been it's been 
planted and embedded in the souls of America. And it's sad to say that that we came, we we come far, but we still have a long way to go. And um, and you know what, Marcella? Society, of uh, making America great again. And I don't do the politics like that. I pay attention to it, but I really don't like bringing that. We have to go back and see when America was great. And it, it's just sad to know that um, that I'm a black man or a black woman, and, and, and we can even say uh, those of, um, of color, uh, Latinos and Asians and those of the LGBTQIA plus community and, and being black, it it. it it, it's horrifying. It's horrific. It's scary. It's really scary. It, it, it's really scary, Mr. Glenn. You know, and I, as I hear you talking about that, and, and, and I've had these thoughts, too. It's like, man, we've come so far. I mean, think about, you know, uh, Martin Luther King Jr. And, mm-hmm. and what life was like then and the, you know, the rights that have finally come about and, you know, that many fought for and died for. And to think that we're still at this point where a young black man who's simply jogging down the street, down the road, uh, encounters two men and then winds up dead for absolutely no reason. It's, it's really hard for, 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 uh, to wrap my mind around. Yeah, it's, and, it's, and it sounds like this is just repetitive. Uh, if you look at Trayvon Martin, if you look at Eric Garner, if you look at... Uh, Sandra Bland, um, uh, even going back to Emmett Till, when Emmett Till was lynched and killed, um, if you look at it, it sounds like it's just a repetitive story. We'll talk about it. He'll become a hashtag. We'll do, we'll do something in his memory. But then once that's over, we'll, once, once two or three months down the line, it's not being talked about anymore. It's, we that we 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 protest and we do certain things, but we never sit down at the table uh, to find solutions in America um, for these things. I mean, uh, we it it it's evident that we don't want. It's evidence that some people in America just don't want to know the truth and just doesn't want to. Um, talk about racism, one, because they just feel like it's a touchy, touchy subject. But it, there was a lot of things, and even if you look in the Bible, Jesus touched on touchy subjects uh, uh, that, the, that the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the elite did not like uh, him talking about. But this is what brings about the change that we need to see in, in, in America, in our lives, because the truth of the matter is, when when does it become a point that we can really sit down and bear the truth and take the truth, build upon it, so that uh, that our lives our lives are safe, and that when we look at uh, Ahmad Aubrey, um, um, an athlete, somebody who's running down, running, jogging, exercising, uh, has no prior history. Uh, about to turn 26 years old, running down this, just jogging, uh, and uh, in a community that uh, is predominantly white, but a community that I believe that they say that he lived in, uh, and not far from that he's jogging through here to get exercise. So it, it brings about the question. So I now I can't even go outside and run and be healthy without two men profiling me as a burglar. Um, it was said um, after I read an article. It was said that it was seven weeks 
um, it, it had been seven weeks that a um, burglary had even been reported. And so now this, and if you look at the video, the truck is already stopped ahead of um, Ahmad Aubrey. And he, he runs around the truck and they get out. And one shoots him as soon as one of the men get out. And two more shots and he tries to run and just lays flat in the ground. And the truth of the matter is, is black body only valuable when it's laying dead on the ground. And, um, and, and when you look at it, it's sad that we only, it, that we only bring it, the attention to it when it's a dead black body laying on the ground. And you know, and I know we don't like saying black and white a lot because you know, oh, we know that we should love one another. You know, um, we're, we're Christians and you know, we have that belief in love. And that God said, and the greatest of these, and Jesus said, and the greatest of these is love. And um, it's, it's, America should be ashamed, Mr. Glenn. America should be uh, ashamed. Um, hey, Marcelo, I need to stop you. Even I- as blacks, we have to we have to rally together. But even even as blacks, there is there are some great um, Caucasians and whites that really uh, they don't know what it's like, but they're like this cannot continue to go on because their heart grieves because if they they know how valuable life is and to see somebody who is um who God created be t- taken down and um to be shot down or killed or strangled or choked um uh it it, 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 it America should be ashamed and like we said we came a long way but we have so much further to go and the question is, like when Martin Luther King made his speech, he said, "One day we'll get to the promised land." But why does the prom? But is is the promised land getting getting? Is it getting killed before getting to the promised land? Do we have to get killed to see the promised land? You know what? I'm, uh, even after his speech and making that as, uh, years later, after making that speech, at what expense did Martin Luther King dies before even? getting to sit in the promised land. Mm-hmm. And so does does it mean that I'm going to be shot and killed or strangled before I get to see the promised land, before I get to see America unite together? We're talking about a very important subject today, and that is race relations within the U.S. A couple of things that have happened recently, uh, you know, the past few months uh, in Georgia, and then uh, what's happened here in Sykeston. Uh, now, again, in Sykeston, we don't know the circumstances, so it's hard to say what happened uh, with uh, uh, Nina Pop? Um, you know, we don't know. Was it because uh, he was transgender? Was it because uh, he was black? We just don't know. Uh, but in the case in Georgia, we do know. Um, we know um, that what took place there should not have happened um, to anyone um, at all. Um, we just, it's just a crazy thing, Marcelli. And again, I really appreciate you coming on the show. Uh, kind of a last minute thing to, to you know, get you on and, and uh, taking the time to talk with me. And I, I think one of the things that, you know, as we were talking in that first segment about, you know, how, how are we still here? <laughs> and, and I think, you know, one of the things you talked about is we've got to do, we've got to have the conversation, right? We've got to have the conversation about what changes need to be made. And I don't know, Marcelli, that's a, it's such a, it's, it's a great question. And I don't know that anyone has the answer, but where do we, where do we begin? How do we start to make change? I think we start to make change when we start talking about love more. I, we, I, I believe we start making a change 
when we can really sit down at the table, even though we might disagree at times. Um, but even through the disagreement, um, that we could come to a point saying that at the end of the day, that racism and hatred is wrong and that, and that, uh, racial, racially profiling somebody is wrong. Um, that bigotry is wrong. When we're able to sit down and, um, talk and say, we know this is going to be a tough subject. Um, we know that tempers might flare. We know that people may get angry. People may cry. Um, we know, and, and we know these things. Um, but we got to come to the point and, um, where we sit down and say that the KKK was real. Um, that we got to sit down and say that, um, that, uh, um, the white supremacy is, is real. Um, we got to sit down and say, sit down and say, okay, slavery was real. Over 400 years of slavery, Mr. Glenn, that took place in America. And, um, and as you heard in politics that they talked about reparations, but really, you really can't pay for what has already happened, you know, um, because what has happened has happened. But we can stop. Uh, modern day slavery, modern day lynching. We can, we we can stop it. It's it's possible, but the, that, it's not going to happen overnight. Right. It's not going to happen in a week. But we can progress. We can we 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 literally can progress. We have to start talking about it in our churches. We have to start talking about it on our jobs. We have to start talking about it in our schools. We, it is something that has to be talked about. We got to start talking about it in our homes. And, and, and I know that, um, you, and I know Mr. Uh, Mr. Green, that it's, it's hard to talk about that to, to, to your kids sometimes, uh, especially, uh, being Caucasian. Be like, oh, it, it's okay to talk about that because even when you're talking about it, you're like, this is not what, this is not how we believe that you should act against somebody who God created. Um, uh, that somebody who was made in God's image. This is this is not what God. This is not the love that uh, that um, God is exemplified. Uh, uh, this is not, this is not what God is. What Jesus meant by this is not what Jesus died for. Um, right. You know, but if we could talk about it in our homes, that if Jesus could talk to a Samaritan, if if Jesus could talk to a Gentile, those who of uh, Jews did not associate themselves with. Uh, that they wouldn't even go into each other's homes. It's okay for uh, me to invite you to, into my home, uh, Mr. Glenn, and, and talk to, you know, uh, my, my siblings or my children. It's okay for you to invite me as a black man into your home and say, we're friends, and it's okay. Um, some of my best friends are, are, are Caucasian and white, Mr. Glenn, <laughs> literally be known. I, I, I love I love all people. That's just how I grew up. But we got to get to a point where we can sit down at the table and and be like, okay, this is something that we got. We got to start getting people into the House of Representatives. We got to start getting people into our local our local government and, and to the um, our local uh, councilmen and um, state representatives. We got to get people who are really about the social the social justice, but not just social justice, but equality. Throughout the whole, throughout America as a whole. So you know, I think Marcelli, when when I think about you know the challenge with white people, uh, and, and I, I can say this because I'm I'm white. Um, first and foremost, because it doesn't affect them directly, 
Mm-hmm. You know, they look at the situation and they're mad about it and they're upset about it. But because it doesn't really affect them, they're not stepping up to make a change. You know what I mean? I, absolutely. And that is that's another and that's another thing when it comes to and, you know, it's, it's, as we said, it's touchy. That's another thing when it comes to, you know, white privilege, um, you know, when it, it, it's, it's something that they don't have to deal with. It's tough being in my skin. Um, it's tough being a black man being in my skin. And whites will never, um, and Caucasians will never know anything about being black and being black in America. Um, it, even when it comes to um, incarceration, um, I said this before, 13% of America is African American and 70% of fathers are in prison, Mr. Glenn. Um, but, um, and you know, we, a lot of blacks, we didn't have a, a silver spoon and a silver platter to sit at the table with, um, you know. So it is it, when it doesn't affect them. When um, Jim Crow doesn't really affect um, um, white as it does uh, Black America, uh, Black America. Um, and, and, it, and so you know, it, it, it's difficult for them to 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 to. It, they could be angry, but. Um, We've been angry. We've been upset and angry for years. Um, well, and, it, and it, this kind of thing because it, it repetitively keeps happening to us. And the tough part about that, Marcelli, is that when you speak to someone who is white, um, you you made a few comments there about the white privilege and and the silver spoon and that sort of thing. Um, the the challenge happens when you meet someone, and I'm use me as an example. My parents were not high school graduates. My mm-hmm. parents worked hard all, all their lives. Um, you know, I, I graduated high school. I have a college degree. You know, mm-hmm. um, I, my parents tried to push me to do better, both my brother and I, right? right. Um, so when you start talking about Silver Spoon, I, I was not born with a Silver Spoon in my mouth. So when I hear that white, that argument of white privilege, I shut it off because I'm like, well, that's not me. However, right. the part about white privilege that we don't understand that really applies is when I'm jogging down the street and don't have to worry about someone shooting me because I'm white. Absolutely, and that, and that, and that, and that's what I, and that's what I'm, that's what I'm um, gearing it to, because there, because um, there's a lot of there's, there's still there's a lot of there's a Caucasian who live below the poverty line now that's struggling, you know. Yeah, uh, it's just when. Uh, when it comes to, you know, certain laws, when it comes to jail time and prison time, the sentencing, when it comes to, like you said, jogging, you know, uh, you're not going to be shot and killed uh, more like a black man would um, on a more consistent basis because uh, of your skin color, you know. Uh, so, yeah, I, I definitely agree with you on that. It's the white privilege when you can, when um, I can have a simple possession of marijuana, and a white man can have a simple possession of marijuana, but I get 30 years, and the white man only gets 10 years. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. And yeah, so there's a disparity that's the, there. That's the biggest thing. And, and I agree with you. When, when white privilege comes around, that's what, what you said. You should shut it down and be like, this is what really white privilege is. Um, so I, I totally agree. And when we can get to the point that we say, when we get to the point that we can say that, yes, us whites are privileged in these areas, I think we can make, I believe and know we can make progression in saying that blacks are not as equal in this as we are. Marcelli, listen, I 
Can't thank you enough for uh, on last minute just taking the time to talk with me about this. And uh, I always tell people the time goes by so quickly, and it definitely did tonight, uh, or t- uh, you know, on, on the show. Um, so thanks for for being on the show. Um, you know, praying for you, and um, you know, hoping that someday that conversation takes place and we see some change take place. Thank you, Mister Glenn, and I will have to come see you. Uh, when this quarantine and COVID nineteen has subsided, hey brother, uh, be, we're just three hours away. To come to your church. We're just three hours away, bro. Yeah, I, listen, I'm going to make it, man. <laughs> I have to meet you in person, and maybe we can sit down at the table and we can talk about a different variety of topics. Man, I would love that. I would absolutely love that. This summer, we're going to make it happen. Way one way or the other, you're coming here, or I'm coming there. One one that way or the other. Sounds good. All right, man. Listen, thanks again for being on the show. I appreciate it. Thank you, my friend. Marcelli Smith uh, lives in Nashville, um, and we, I just really appreciate him being on the show. Listen, if you're just tuning in, you can catch the show on iTunes Podcast. Uh, please share it. I just think it's an important conversation we need to have. Uh, get the information out there. Let people know about it. Uh, tell people about it. Let's let's get this conversation going. Um, and listen, I know you're white, and you're thinking this doesn't apply to me, but it does because we should see all people from a from from a loving point of view and and uh, black lives matter uh, every life matters but we all got to come together to make sure that happens and so uh, please share this and uh, again thanks to Marcelli thanks for being with us today on the talk of Sykeston I'm Glenn Cantrell.